Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of my podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. I'm James Sweetman. It's cold today when I'm recording this one, but that's the middle of winter for you. Uh, This week's episode is all about working from home uh, or living at work, as perhaps it's more accurately described. As working from home continues to be the reality for so many people, this week I want to dig a little deeper and offer some suggestions and insights for adapting to this new reality of work. But I want to start by acknowledging all those people who have to leave their homes every day to go to work to provide essential services. The care workers, the frontline workers, doctors, nurses, porters, emergency services, supermarket workers, delivery people, to name just a few. The ability to work from home is a privilege, and it's one that I certainly never take for granted. In the last few months, of course, as working from home became the norm for more and more people, there was a plethora of articles in this area. And they all are valid and they all tend to cover the same sort of points. You know, things like getting dressed, getting out of the PJs, having a set time for starting work, creating a dedicated workspace, setting boundaries between work and personal life and having an action plan or to do list for the day ahead. And as I say, these are all valid and they make sense and they're great practical tips. But as someone now who has worked from home myself for nearly 20 years, uh, this week I'm going to share what I've learned, including many of the hidden pros and cons. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of working from home is time gained. Uh, Office attendance and commuting go hand in hand. So without travelling to and from the office, you gain time previously spent stuck in traffic. And for some people, this was as much as maybe three hours a day, accumulating to an extra working day per week when you think about it. You know, and leaving aside the positive impact on the environment, you know, what a boost this is to quality of life. You know, I know many people who state now that they'll never return to the office five days a week. You know, I don't think it'll ever be exactly the same as the way it was pre-COVID-19. One not-so-obvious factor, though, is that the traditional commute acted as a buffer, a boundary that separated your work and personal worlds. Now, of course, in recent times, technology has blurred those lines anyway, but I'll, I'll come to that in a little while. You know, whilst the evening commute was certainly no fun, it did aid in decompressing from the day's work and eased you back into personal life mode. I know I've tried to retain a similar decompression time myself at the close of the working day. You know, whether that's going for a walk when the weather is good, meditating, listening to some music, you know, even having a shower to wash off the working day. Or as as has happened on occasion over the last little while, I've replaced that hour's commute with a cocktail hour, which is a, which is a nicer use of time, let me tell you. The second point is around increased productivity, which for me is certainly closely related to fewer distractions. You know, if you think about it, offices are busy, noisy places that are full of distractions. You know, less time in the office means there's less oxygen for fueling office politics. You know, not being in the office means the, how can I say it, those can I have a minute merchants, you know, cannot park themselves at your desk. Uh, You no longer have to bear witness to the drama and the intrigue of a colleague's personal life that's 
shouted loudly over their partition. You know, if there's no water cooler in the corner, well, then there's no water cooler gas up. You know, and whilst these chats and huddles and conversations can be beneficial, you know, bolstering a sense of camaraderie, community and belonging, they are not an effective use of time, especially when you just want to get the head down and get stuff done. When I started working from home, I couldn't believe how much more I got through when I simply could uh, focus. Um, you know, so if you think about removing the commute, the traditional lunch hour, the sanity breaks, the chit chat, all of this means that you're probably able to get your work done in a fraction of the time that it would normally have taken you. That leads into another point, which is something that the COVID-19 crisis has emphasised even more. And that's a shift away from time focus to task focus. You know, so if you're an office veteran, you know, you spent years working in offices, in all likelihood, you've been indoctrinated into a conventional way of working, one that is time focused, you know, so you work certain hours, you clock in, you clock out. You know, with the trend in recent years, which has been accelerated by this crisis, is the shift away from uh, time focus to task focus. So it's it's about the work you do, it's what you produce, it's the value you add, not necessarily the length of time it takes you to do it. This, of course, requires a shift in mindset, and you know, new working arrangements will always require a new mindset. You know, companies whose culture has supported autonomy in their workforce have transitioned more easily into this new world of work. You know, working from home has forced many employers to be more trusting than perhaps they generally are. I know many business owners and managers who have struggled because they can no longer uh, micromanage to the extent that they did before. And they do have to sort of own up and acknowledge their fear that what they really think is that their out-of-sight staff are stretched out watching daytime TV instead of doing their work. Now, this new world of work, therefore, has a new mindset um, that goes with it, uh, one that requires a healthier level of trust. And new ways of thinking or building trust will always involve or lead to new conversations. And those conversations might be around re-clarifying expectations or conversations to demonstrate the work you've done, what you've delivered, um, to provide transparency conversations to manage workflow. And ultimately, all of these conversations are there to build trust. Working from home also means we have an opportunity to personalise our work routines. You know, everyone's situation is different and there's no one right way to work from home. We all have different variables to juggle, you know, from the nature of your work, when you have to be accessible, you know, the personality of your manager, the company culture. These are all relevant factors. However, we do have an opportunity to ask ourselves questions that perhaps prior to COVID-19 and the routine of business as usual, you know, the way it was always done, well, they just wouldn't have been relevant. So pondering these few questions that I'm going to share with you invites you to find some wiggle room within existing routines and the possibility of personalising and creating some new work habits. So have a think about a few of these questions. You know, what approach to work would work best for you? Do you want to stick to the same hours? Can you condense your work? 
how do I want to blend my work commitments with my personal life commitments? How do I want to spend the time that I've gained from my non-commute? These are just some of the questions that we can now ask ourselves. For me, another plus in working from home is being able to design my workspace in a way that works for me. You know, I know some people who've used the money that they would have spent on a, on their commute to creating an office space in their home. You know, this might be something as big as converting a garage or a bedroom, but it might be something as simple as just buying a screen to divide a room. You know, now as I'm doing all my client work online, you know, it's no longer face to face. I did give my office a fresh lick of paint last um, autumn and I installed some new shelving just to help with storage and to tidy things up a little. If I can offer you one suggestion here, though, it's pay attention to your chair. You know, the best investment I made when I started working from home or a few months after it, when my back began to get sore, you know, was to get a chair that properly supported my back. You know, as I say, dining room chairs were not meant to be sat in for seven hours. I don't think there's any meal that goes on that duration. And um, one of the other things that's a big plus, if it's possible, of course, is that, you know, you've uh, you've a space at home where you can close the door on it at the end of the working day, whether that's a separate bedroom or or even a room in the house that you can you can leave. Um, I know in the early stages of my uh, working from home adventures, um, I was using the dining room table. Um, and that's something that even back then I always tried to clear away the work stuff at the end of the day. So it wasn't it, it wasn't there. It was like I could park it to one side, but so much easier if you have a door that you can close on it. The basic rules of effective time management and organizational skills still apply, of course, when we're working from home and maybe even more so. Um, but there's one that I want to emphasize in particular, and that's greater consciousness around the use of our time. You know, if we think about it prior to COVID-19, the reality was that technology supported working really anywhere, anytime. Um, so, as I say, if you want to send emails at 2am, go for it. There's nothing stopping you. You know, there's no rights or wrongs here. Um, and of course, the hidden benefit of having your workspace, perhaps steps from your couch or even your bed, is that you can act on inspiration when it strikes, irrespective of the hour. Um, but be aware of the motivation behind your behavior. I think that's key. You know, there's a difference between getting an hour of proactive work done between 9 and 10 p.m. when the children are in bed and being afraid to switch off in every sense of the phrase. When it comes to time management and workflow management, there's always going to be trade-offs and you just want to be clear what they are. You know, so if you're saying yes to checking emails at 10 p.m., what are you saying no to? and vice versa. So it's having greater consciousness around your, your use of time and also your motivation behind behavior. In the past, I've spoken about multitasking and maybe in recent times how multitasking has drifted into continuous partial attention. Um, but in working from home, I often use the phrase of savoring the ability to multitask. You know, one of the tips I've shared at my time management and organizational skills workshops over the years is making use of small pockets of time. You know, in the past, in the past, this might have been, you know, clearing an email when you're waiting in a reception area or waiting for a meeting to start. You know, now those small pockets of time can be used for household chores. You know, the time spent at the water cooler could be used to put a wash on. 
you know, or when waiting for a call, I can empty the dishwasher. You know, of course, this is not about not working. It's really about maximizing the fact that the routines of living are now all under the one roof. The last point that comes to mind when I think about working from home, and it's one that perhaps you wouldn't be thinking of yourself, but it's amazing what pops into my head. It's like, you know, is, there go- is it going to be the end of, or is it now a substantial reduction in what would be known as the duvet days? You know, years ago, this takes me back when I managed a department in a financial services organisation, you know, and I set up a spreadsheet for noting holidays and sick days. And it was bizarre when you went back looking at it, you know, how much more sick days were taken on a Monday. Um, And in fact, it was more on a Monday than the rest of the week combined. And in the in the early stages, I used to just share this spreadsheet with staff. So it didn't take a genius to figure out, you know, if you have a pattern of Mondays off every so often. Um, and they knew that I knew, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if you think about, you know, for many people, it's not the work itself, but it's the thoughts of work on a Monday and the commute to work that fuels that, how would you phrase it, that Sunday night syndrome, you know, the dread that kicks in at about 5 p.m. and it's on a Sunday evening and, oh, no, it's work again uh, tomorrow morning. But if you're working from home, I just wonder, is that there to the same extent? You know, and that old phrase of duvet days, which, again, I showed my ignorance a few a few years ago when I heard someone use the phrase and I had to ask them what it meant. I was a little bit naive, I think, you know, but now if, you know, the theory is you could actually bring your duvet into your workspace, have it wrapped around your knees when you're on a Zoom call, you know, is there still the same motivation to have a duvet day? You know, time perhaps will tell when future statistics and research is done, you know, to assess levels of attendance or absenteeism. You know, how is it different when people are working from home as opposed to traditionally in the office? When I weigh up all of those pros and cons around working from work, for me, I know I could never return to the traditional office environment full time. And as I say, I know more and more people are coming around to that way of thinking where you know, the whole COVID-19 crisis has reminded them of what's important in life and time spent with family and their values are being reassessed. And maybe it's a simple question of if technology allows me to work from home now, why should I be spending X number of hours a week in a car or, or traveling across the city? There, there has been some interesting studies recently in this area. I was looking at one online by uh, Flex Jobs, a US organization, who said that 95% of respondents to a survey they carried out said that their productivity had been the same or higher since they started working from home. And that's something that certainly my own experience has uh, has proven too. And, and even despite the pandemic challenges and the challenges of maybe having several family members under the same roof or homeschooling, the same survey reported that 49% of working mothers and 50%, so almost the same, uh, of working fathers said that they were more productive working from home. Um, and as I say, for, for many people I've spoken to in recent times, they are making use of the time that they have found that has been saved either as a result of less distractions because they're more more productive, they can get the head down, or simply the time found because they no longer have to commute. So one final thought to end this week, and it's something that I sometimes think can be lost in discussions around um, you know, working from home. 
you know so in in the in the midst of all of this you know we should never lose sight of the fact that we are blessed to have work and equally blessed to have a to have a home to work from that's my closing thought this week so thank you for tuning in as ever more information about me james sweetman is available on my website um, there's plenty that's posted uh, every week as well on social media. Um, if you don't receive my monthly newsletter, you can visit my website and just give your email and join the community where you get the latest and all that I'm doing. And if you've enjoyed this episode and past episodes, uh, do please uh, share it uh, or perhaps you want to give a rating or a comment um, on the um, on the podcast so thank you again for tuning in and until next week <laughs>